I'm going to read this morning in the book of Isaiah, if you want to turn there for just a moment, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30. Uh, that's where we're going to begin reading it today. And as you're turning to the book of um, Isaiah, chapter 30, uh, I want you to understand that God has called us, and you might think of it like this, that we might be a radiance of light in a dark world. We need to be a radiance of light in a dark world. There's a world out there in darkness, and we've discussed this many times, that in the darkness there's a lot of things happening that we don't know about. But we need to be a radiance of light. And in that, it's not that we're doing something of ourselves, but we're letting Christ shine through us. The book of Isaiah, chapter 30, I believe is a great example or a great reminder of what it's like for God's people to be a place that we are a radiance of light. Let's skip down to the 17th verse. Let me read you one verse and we're going to back up in just a minute. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 17. We're going to start back in verse 8 in just a minute. But 1,000 shall flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five shall ye flee. Till ye be left. In other words, when everything else is gone. People are going by the wayside. He said they just keep falling away and falling away and falling away. But notice what he wants us to be. A beacon upon the top of a mountain, an ensign on a hill. This morning I want you to realize is that when we talk about, or when Isaiah talks about how that we should be a beacon, he simply is referring to the fact that we are like a pole that is set up on a hill, and on that he said there's going to be a banner on that pole. Now I believe that not only is there a banner that flies, but there's a pole that holds the banner. You and I today, what is it that we we are the instruments by which hold up the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ? And folks, that radiance of light in darkness is people need to hear the Word of God. Would you agree today that the world is in need of the Word of God? Folks, we're always in need of that. But the truth is this morning is that there are people that do not want to hear the truth of God. Instead, they just want to modify it or change it to where it fits their lives or their congregations or their, the, the things that they are surrounded by. Folks, we need the truth of God proclaimed. And Isaiah said, I want you to be the people that when they come to you or they come around you or they come uh, near you, that they will experience the presence of God. He said, I want you to be a beacon. He said this beacon that's going to have an ensign which is a banner. And you see, there's something about a pole. That, that pole is not something that's movable. It is a fixed fixture. It is there. It is stable. It is established. And he said in doing that, you're going to raise up this banner. And in that banner, it's like a sign or a flag by which you are under the rule of. So this morning, I, don't, I want the world to know... Who we are under the rule of. We're not under the rule of a government. And I believe that you and I, we have to render unto Caesar those things which are Caesar's. I do believe that we have to live by the laws of the land. But what the world needs to understand and to know from us is, we also are bound by the words of God. The words of God are the most important thing in our life. So let's go back just a little bit to the 8th verse if we can. Now notice what he's talking about, that, uh, that, that you cannot depend upon the Egyptians to give you what you need. You must depend upon God. For notice what we read in verse 8. He said, not only are you going to preach this word, he said, you're going to write it. Now go, write it before them 
in a table. Now, when he talks about a table, he said, we're going to have this on a tablet. And here's what's really important about this. Isaiah said that you're going to take the words of God and you're going to put it on a tablet because it is meant to be displayed before men. If you go into a gathering of people and there's a large gathering of people, you and I have our words in front of us. We have Bibles in front of us. But if you didn't have a Bible, then I would want to display the Word of God so that you would see that not only is this Word apply to me, it applies to you too. May the world understand today that, that the Word of God that applies to us in our life, it's also meant to apply to those that we come in contact with. Folks, do you think the gospel is just as good for your neighbor as it is for you? Do you think it's good to have the Word of God in your life? Do you think it's needful? Do you think it's relevant? Do you think it's something that we are obligated to abide by? He said, I want you to put it on a tablet. He said, you're going to display it. He said, I want others to understand that the Word of God is not for an individual. It's meant for all of mankind. But yet we find certain groups and we find a select people today that, that are trying to rewrite it or rearrange it or to leave out and to add to. But the truth is this morning that if we are going to be that radiance of light in the darkness, we must display the Word of God to the world. I'm not here to convict the world. I'm not here to condemn the world. I just let God's Word do what it needs to do. That's all we do. We depend upon God's Word in the entirety of it and it will take care of the rest. Isaiah said in that 17th verse, he said, when people come around you in your life, they need to know they are going to experience the truth of God. He said, I want you to take it. He said, I want you to write it before them in a table. He said, not only are you going to take it and put it in a table or on this tablet, he said, but you're also going to note it in a book, which is a, a type of a scroll. He said, we're not going to put this on something that can get mixed in with something else. You know, if you've got multiple tablets, you can kind of rearrange them however you want. But if it's in a scroll, it's written exactly the way it was meant to be written. You see, the gospel and the word of God, he said, I want this to be something that not only is written on a tablet, he said, but you're going to put in a book. And the reason it's going to be written on a tablet and put it in a book, which is a type of a scroll, he said, because it's going to apply for generation after generation after generation. Folks, can I ask you a personal question? Is the word of God still relevant today like it was in yesterday? Is the word of God as relevant today as it was a hundred years ago? Is the word of God relevant today like it was a thousand years ago? And the truth is, is that the world needs to see the word of God. They need to understand the word of God, what God's word says, how we should live and how we should walk and how we should talk. We have to see the word of God. And sometimes, much like Isaiah said, you're going to be a pole and you're going to have a banner. And on that banner, you are displaying on top of a hill. Why? Because if you need a place to go, it ought to be a place that's easy to find. Folks, a true New Testament church, I pray that we are that pole. I pray that we are that banner that people can see. When I go to that place, I will experience the power and the truth of God. You see today, people want to modify this and change it and, and soften it up where it's not as harsh or where it's not as uh, uh, brutal, I guess you might even say. But the truth is today, we need the Word of God. The Word of God chastises us. It loves us. It hugs us. It kisses us. Uh, it, it'll do all these things, but the Word of God fits us in our life. Listen to what Isaiah said. I want you to take this Word and note it in a book. He said, and here's the, the longevity of it. That it may be for the time to come forever 
and ever. This morning, I, I want you to know that I'm here to understand that I'm not here declaring to you a new word. I'm not here to declare you a word that's been revised to fit the year 2023. I'm here today to tell you the word of God. And the word of God's not going to wear out. The word of God is not going to change. The word of God is still true. Churches today need to be that pole in that banner. We're not changing. We're not trying to, to come up with something new. We're not trying to come up with something more loved or liked by the communities by which we live, we are here declaring a truth. But you know, I can see more and more people trying to appease to the, the, the community. They want to say, how can we reach to the people? Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth today that we are sinners today in need of a Savior. Tell them the truth today that we all have shortcomings in our life and we need Him. Tell them today about our weaknesses that He is our strength and our weakness. Let the world see today that we are a radiance of light in the midst of the darkness of the world. We are that radiance that God desires to shine in the world. He said, for I want this to last forever and forever. And the whole reason why is, he said, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Well, could you put a stamp on the times in which we live now? He said, there's a generation being raised up. He said that they're not abiding by the laws of the Lord. One, they've not been taught them. You know, I wonder today, how much do we hear about the words and the laws and the guides of God in our life? These things are important. And he goes on to say in the 10th verse, this is a pretty serious charge. Which say to the seers, see not in the prophets. Prophesy not unto us right things. But speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. He said there are people that's going to come along and tell you things that are not true. They're going to tell you things that are going to deceive you. Do you know what the word deceive means? To lead you astray. To lead you down a wrong path. That's what deceit means. In other words... Let's darken things so we don't see what's ahead of us. So then, therefore, we can go whichever way we want and we don't have to worry about the laws or the words of God. And God said, that's not what I want you to be. He said, I want you to be a place. That's what he talks about in that 17th verse. A place that people can go. Let's keep reading here for just a minute. They didn't want the, 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 the prophets to speak unto them. They didn't want to hear the truth of God. They just wanted something that was going to make them feel good. They just wanted to find something that was good for the communities and the society and the times in which they were living. Let's keep reading for just a second. Get you out of the way and turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Look at the hindrance that was going on. Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, Because ye despise this world and trust in oppression and, per and perverseness and stay their own. Now, this is the doom that they're about to experience. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. So here's this judgment of God that's going to come. And he shall break it as a breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a shred to take fire from the hearth, or take water with or out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord, uh, the, the Holy One of Israel, uh, In returning the rest shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall your strength, and ye would not. But ye said no, for we will flee upon horses, 
Notice what happened is that they, they, they desired wrong. They desired evil. They desired to go away from God. And we were right upon the swift because they shall that pursue you be swift. And notice what happened. He said, instead of hearing the truth, we're going to flee from the truth. Now let, let, let's really meditate on this just a second. In our society, in our communities today, where do people flee from? They want to flee from the truth. They want to hide the truth or they want to conceal the truth because the truth exposes us. Now let's talk about that for just a minute. What does it mean to be exposed? Things that we thought were hid, things that we thought that, that we could cover up, things that we thought we could fix ourselves. God said, no, you're in a condition that you cannot heal yourself. You need me. So what people say is, let's hide the things that, make, that, that remind us that we need God. Instead, let's cover those things up and realize and expose, that not expose it, but have the things in us that make us think we don't need God. Folks, I'm going to word that very simple to you this morning. May God always expose our weaknesses and remind us we need Him. May God always expose our flaws and our errors and our sinfulness so that we might have a dependency upon Him. Our society today is this feel-good society that, that we're going to remove these things. And notice what happened. He said, notice the falling away that transpired. He said, 1,000 shall flee at the rebuke of one. He said, man, they're falling like flies. That's the words that we would say today. They're falling like flies. The, the one person stands up, declares the truth, and he said, they're all just going away. People go to church, and I say this carefully and very, very considerately. People are very sensitive and offended so easy because we're reminded that we are sinful people. That we need to correct it along the way. But people get so sensitive. And I get that and I understand that. But folks, may we realize today, he said, I want you to be a flagpole and I want you to fly a banner that you are not going to be removed from the truth that you want to have that. But people don't want that. And he said, he said, a thousand is going to flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five, five shall you flee till you be left a beacon upon the top of a mountain and an ensign, he said. These people wanted to get to a point and a place in their life where they did not want to hear the truth. They were easily run off. They were easily removed. But you see today, may God use us as a shining light and a beacon in the world and an ensign, which is a banner. He said that's flying up high. You know what? If I was to take a flag of our country and I was to fold it up and put it in this podium, you know, people's not going to see that. They don't know not necessarily by a picture or by an image, what country we're in. But you see, if there's a flagpole that's out there that represents the country, it's not something that's hid. It's something to be displayed. Folks, our faith in God is not meant to be hid. It's meant to be displayed. It's meant to be put upon a tablet and shown to all of those and say, look at what I'm abiding by. Look at what we must abide by. Look at what God gave to me. Look at what God has given to you. We are that, as we talked about, this, this shining, this beacon of light, a reflection of light in a dark, sinful world. That's what we are. Matthew, we read about in the book of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about how that we should be a shining light in the darkness we're in. May God help us and give us the strength today that we might do that. From Matthew chapter 5, let me read to you if I can, <coughs> beginning in verse 14. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. 
Ye are the light of the world. Now, see if you get this elevation going here. A city that is set on a hill cannot be healed. What is our mission? Selfishly, we would say that we might be seen. Unselfishly, our mission and our purpose is that Jesus would be seen. When people look at me and they call out your falls and your failures and you know he gets whatever and then fill in the blank about Scott does this and Scott does that. Amen. I will support those theories all day long. Why? Because there are a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot wrong with me. But if anybody ever says anything good, I want them to know and know very quickly that is Christ in me. Did anybody else know the difference in how you were before you were saved versus after you were saved? Boy, I used to be a short-tempered and I still get frustrated, don't get me wrong. But I used to find those, those frustrations and those things about me. And when God changed me, He gave me control over that. You know what? Sometimes I lose control over those things. I revert back to my old man and God condemns me of that. And He reminds me, He said, that's your old man. That is you, He said. Let Christ be in you. To love and have kindness and compassion. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, you are the ones that have a mission. You have a purpose. What was the purpose of the church? To be a beacon. To be a banner. To be an ensign, he would said. He said, to be a light to those that are in darkness. He said, you are a city that is set on a hill. And he said, and, it, and, and on that city, he said, you cannot be hid. You know what, today again, we're talking about that banner and taking it and hiding it. But we're talking about this this pole that is there in a banner. You see, he said, if you're going to be a shining light, neither do men light a candle, which is a lamp. What's the purpose of a lamp? Again, you've got to remember, what's our purpose here? Our purpose is to shine in darkness. Light on top of light is one thing, but light in darkness takes on a whole different perspective. You see, you and I today, we're in a dark and sinful world. And what we want to do is we want to take the lumens and kind of dim it down a little bit and kind of darken it so that we can blend in. Folks, I'm praying that God will let our light shine. God will just let them shine as bright as it's ever shined. That people might see that you are one. You're not fleeing from the truth. You're not fleeing from a lifestyle that you should live. But you're simply saying, God, have your way. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. He said, you're not going to take this and, and put it under a basket. He said, but on a, a candlestick. Does it make sense that a candle goes with a candlestick? They just go together, right? It isn't amazing today that God gives us things that, that just go together. Isn't it amazing how a banner and a pole go together? Let, let's put this in more modern terms. Isn't it amazing how a flag works on a flagpole? Isn't it amazing how a candle works on a candlestick? May we take what God has given us and put it where He intended. Can I say that one more time? A candle goes on a candlestick. A flag goes on a flagpole. May God allow us the wisdom and knowledge to take what He has given us and put it where He intended. I cannot tell you all the things that you have in your life, but God can. God can use you. 
God can use you where you are. That you are a banner to people. You are a light to people. There's somebody in your life that needs to understand the truth. It's hard. It hurts. He gets gets, uh, weary along the way. But Jesus can now get in here. Somebody along the way needs to hear these things. He said, don't take your your, your candle and put it under a bushel. You know, it's not a, a candlestick and a bushel over it. He said, don't put it where it doesn't belong. Put it where it belongs. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your your good works. Now, we do manifest good works, but read the end of that verse. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Folks, may we be a reflection of Christ's love, His character, and His commitment. Folks, Jesus had character. He had a commitment to God. He had love for God. May we be a reflection of a love and a commitment and the character of Christ that He had. And that's not something we can do on our own. Christ was committed to the will of God. How many human beings today are committed? And I mean fully committed to the will of God. Instead, when we go out there, let's kind of let's tweak this and roll it around and, and, and take this tablet and put it over this tablet and, and shuffle them up. He said, no, put it on a scroll. And he said, it's going to happen just the way God ordained it to happen. Tonight, I want you this morning, rather, I should say, may our lives be exactly the way God ordained them. But you know, there's something we must understand about man. We can mess things up. That happened in the Garden of Eden. We mess things up. We kind of get things out of kilter. We kind of boggle things just a little bit. But you know what? I'm glad I serve a fixer today. I'm glad I serve one that can take a life that is all in disarray and put it together. You ever take one of those thousand piece puzzles and you throw it on the table? I'm going to say, no. There's no way I can put that thing together. They all look alike. The background's the same. All the colors are the same. No. But you know what? In an instant, God can put us all back together again. God can fix all of our problems where we are a true reflection of His image. God can take us today and put a banner on a pole so that people might know this is this is the life that Christ would have us to live. That people might see your good works, He said, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Are you being a true radiance of His love and His kindness in our life? Are we being a true love for Him and what He wants us to do? For in the book of 1 John, I want to turn back and read 1 John chapter 4 for just a minute. We talk about His love. We talk about a consistency. We talk about a dedication. And we talk about a commitment. We talk about all these things. Listen to what 1 John chapter 4. And let's begin reading in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Boy, that, that's the end of it right there, isn't it? Yeah. Some people just sometimes are not lovable. And I don't mean that in a, in a judgmental way, but there's some people in our life, we want them out because they're just tough to deal with. Let us love one another for the love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Did you hear that? Again, there's a mission we're trying to accomplish. We're never going to accomplish on our own. We need Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God. Well, this gets really interesting. But that He loved us. And God loved us before we could love Him. And He sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sin. 
That's exactly what he said. I'm going to send you what you need to get you through what you stand in need of. For notice what he said. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in his love, and his love is perfected in us. You want to talk about radiant? You want today, if there's anything that should come off of us, it should be the love of Christ. You know what? It's easy for us to not always want to love or always want to care the way that we should. And listen to what John is saying. He said, you should radiate, the radiance from you should be a reflection of Christ and what he wants you to do. What, what you're experiencing in your life, he said, it should be something that, that, that others are seeing in you that they would desire to be drawn to you. Back to Matthew for just a minute in chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. One of the greatest invitations that we read about is in the very end of that 28th verse. There are people that are tired, people that are weary. People need a place to go. When you're sleepy... Where do you go? To the restaurant or to the bed? When you're hungry, where do you go? To the restaurant or to the bed? When you have a spiritual need, where do you go? He said, look on that hill. He said, you're going to see a pole and you're going to see a flag. And you're going to find people that are standing for the truth. People that are going to tell you about Jesus. People that are going to tell you a life that you should live. People's going to tell you about the error of the human way. But there's still hope in Christ Jesus. He said, when you experience these people, what happens? And the great invitation comes in that 28th verse. Come unto me, all ye that labor. These are the people that are tired. These are the people that have needs. And he said, and are heavy laden. You know what this means? These are people that are tired. These are people that are carry a load. You know what? When you wake up in the morning and your body's good and strong, you can pick up a weight and you can carry it. But what happens when you pick that weight up when you're already tired? You just want to drop it or you want to stop right where you're at instead of keep going. You just want to surrender those things. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, you're not refreshed when you pick up this load. He said, not only are you tired to begin with, but you pick this up saying, God... What are you doing? There's no way I can do this. Remember this. God is saying, I want you to come to the right place. He said, there's a flag that is a pole that is on a hill. He said, in that place, you're going to find people that have not run from the truth. You're going to find people that are still standing for the truth. You're going to see a city that is set on a hill. He said, it cannot be hid. He said, they have taken what God's given them and they put it in the right place. And he said, they're giving light to all of those that are in the house. And he said, but when you're heavy laden and that burden is heavy and you're tired and that weight gets upon you, he says, I will give you rest. I thank God today for, for being around people. I thank God today for a church. I thank God for people in my life that I know I could go to. I can tell you there's people in my life I've opened up my heart to. There's people in my life that I've told them things and I'm ashamed of the things that I tell them. But you know what? It's God's way of reminding me that there's a human error in the things about me. There is a flesh about me that I fight against. There are things that are hard. There are things that are tough. A prideful world will tell you, you got this. You got this. You're good enough. You can do it. I can tell you this. You will not win the victory in the battle over sin if Christ be not with you. We need Him. We need His worth. We need His, uh, His presence with us. 
He said, I want you to take my yoke upon you. And he says, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Are you a person today that's, that's approachable? I'm going to close here in just a minute. One of the things I tell people in my everyday life is, I may not be able to help you, but do not get intimidated to a point that you can't at least just come talk to me. I don't want to be that person that's harsh and bitter, that, that always just fires something back, and they always say, well, you can't go to him. He's not going to listen. I pray that God would help me in my everyday life to always be that approachable person. That's just, I don't know, I can't describe that. I just want to be that, that approachable person. I want to be that flag on a flagpole that people can come and say, he's going to give you an unbiased opinion, not of what he thinks, but what God's word says. I want people to come and say we, we, we need guidance in our life. And I'm not going to say, well, according to the gospel of Scott, chapter 12, I'm going to say according to the word of God. Word of God is what we should abide by. And here in Romans, let me read to you for just a minute in Romans chapter 10. I hope that we are approachable people. I hope that people can't say, can't go to shallow church. Well, those people up there, they don't want to hear you. They don't want you there. I'll tell you this. If, if anybody can, you can share this news. There's nobody that's not welcome to walk in those doors. All are welcome to come into this place. And you know what? I believe they'll feel loved and cared for. Not ignored. They're not just a person. They're loved and they're, 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 they're prayed for. And God desires to use them. And I thank God for that place. I know we're not the only place that exists in this world. But I thank God that there are places. And that's not everywhere. But we see that we're approachable. People can come in. Why? Because there's a consistency that's there. There's a flagpole. And there's a flag. And we're not going to lower the flag down and say, You know what? Because of who's coming in here, let's fly under a different banner, folks. When you come to this church, there's always a bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ that we're, we're defending today. That's the battle. That's whose rule that we are under. We are under the rule of God. But do people feel that, that, that desire that they can feel comfortable coming in? One of the greatest things people can say, I love to go to church and I just feel comfortable there. Let me read to you if I can, Romans chapter 10 in verse 14. People today, need to, we need to share the gospel and the people need to have the gospel shared with them. For Romans 10 and 14 says this, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And now shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Are you being a radiant light to those in darkness? We sing a song sometimes. It's a pretty heart-wrenching song. It said, you never mentioned him to me. How many people are going through this life, and I'm not trying to get personal with you, but how many people are going through your life that you've never mentioned Jesus? Can I go back to what we said in Sunday school? It's not just what you say. It's also what you do. Today, are there people in your life that have not seen, maybe not heard, but even seen Christ in you? How shall they believe on Him on whom they have not heard? And shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? God is telling us here that there's a gospel that is a glorious thing for, listen to what He says. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. 
He's talking about here, friend, and he's going back into the, the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, that, that there's a gospel to be proclaimed. And he talks about how that it's important for us that we must be called by God and that God has a good word that we can share. You know what? I'm glad today that when you come in here that you're going to hear the same word regardless of who it's from, that the word of truth is always going to go out. And I'm praying today that God would help us to be a, a, a reflection of radiance in a dark and sinful world. May we radiate the truth. May we radiate His love. May we radiate His commitment that Christ had. May we be a reflection of that. I'll close with this. You may be saying, well, preacher, there's no way I can do that. So what they start doing, they start dropping off. They leave. He said, people are fleeing. He said, that, that, that they just feel like it's impossible to do. It is impossible to live a perfect life. I will agree to that. But what is possible is to invite Christ in to live a better life. My prayer for all of us this morning is this. May we be a flagpole. May there be a banner on that flagpole that the world sees just like a city that's set on a hill. If they want to know the truth, they'll come to you as an individual. They'll come to you as a church. They'll come to us as a New Testament church that people might hear the truth. And you know what the truth is? I sum it all up with this. If you do not repent, you will perish. Folks, people must turn from their natural, sinful ways. And they must turn to Christ. And I pray that that's a message that never stops from our lives that people might know there is a need for Jesus. God bless you this morning. I want us to get a song.